0: Welcome to Prison Pipeline, produced at the studios of KBOO Portland. I'm Karen James. This November, Oregonians will vote on Measure 112 to amend the state constitution prohibiting slavery and involuntary servitude. My guests are Sandy Chung, Executive Director of ACLU of Oregon, and Troy Ramsey with Oregonians Against Slavery and Involuntary Servitude. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Karen. Nice to be here.
0: So, Sandy, in November 2022, Oregonians will vote on Measure 112 to remove language from the Oregon Constitution that provides legal justification for slavery. Now, we all learned that over 150 years ago, the Emancipation Proclamation outlawed slavery in the United States. So what is the language in the Oregon Constitution that provides legal justification for slavery?
1: Karen, the Oregon Constitution still has language in it that allows for slavery or indentured servitude as punishment for a crime. And so, Measure 112, if voters vote yes on this, would remove that language from the Oregon Constitution.
0: Sandy, why is this language in the Oregon Constitution?
1: Oregon, as a state, was not immune from the racism and the United States history with slavery. And so, what happened after the Civil War? is a lot of states still incorporated and passed laws to make racism part of their systems and practices. For example, um, there were these laws called the Black Codes, which also became the Jim Crow laws, which basically prohibited Black people from doing certain types of businesses, from owning and renting certain types of property. The Black Codes even criminalized Black people for doing some types of work that were not recognized by white society or for not having work. And when Black people were put into the criminal legal system, then they were treated like slaves, even though the Civil War had happened and the Emancipation Proclamation had happened. And they were treated as slaves in chain gangs. And I think some people have seen pictures or heard stories about chain gangs, where people were put into road work, or farm work um, chained together. There was also things called convict leasing, which basically meant that people, black people in the criminal legal system were leased out to private businesses to basically work for them without getting paid. So this is the history of the US and this was codified into Oregon's constitution as well.
0: And I understand there is still language in the United States Constitution that uh, legalizes slavery.
1: Yes, that's correct. And there are current efforts right now, including efforts being led by Oregon Senator Merkley,
0: to try to remove that language from the U.S. Constitution. Now, is Oregon the only state that has such language in its constitution? Currently, there are about 10 states in the
1: United States that still have such language. There are other states that did have such language that have already removed it. Some of these states include Nebraska, Colorado, and Utah. This year, other states that will be considering removing this language include states such as Tennessee and Alabama.
0: And Troy Ramsey, you're with OASIS, which is the Oregonians Against Slavery and Involuntary Servitude. So tell me about that organization and its involvement with Measure
2: 112. Yes, so OASIS was started inside the prison walls. So OASIS was started with uh, guys in blue and some outside students from Willamette University. And we were trying to figure out ways to uh, have an impact on the community behind the walls. And that's how uh, Measure 112 became because that Article 1, Section 34 of the Oregon Constitution, which reads slavery and involuntary servitude, we were on the baseline of like, hey, this is something that we can get behind and we can make this change with. And uh, so that's how Measure 112 became, that's like the birth of it, is from inside the walls. The men in blue with outside students from Willamette University.
0: How is this affecting people behind the walls, people incarcerated in Oregon
2: prisons? Uh, well, right now it's not affecting them at all. So the measure, all it does right now is just uh, take the language out of the Oregon Constitution so it doesn't affect anything within the prison. So it doesn't take away from programming. Uh, it doesn't uh, take away from uh, the work that they do in there. The um, And I mean by programming, it's like Uh, any type of rehabilitation programs or whatever what's not this measure does not take none of that stuff away from uh, the guys so they still we have an opportunity to uh, make an income uh, uh, go to classes and um, so yeah so uh, the measure does not take none of that uh, by it being passed that uh, all of a sudden the prison is going to change and
0: So, Sandy, can you read exactly what the language is in the Oregon Constitution pertaining to slavery?
1: Yes. Currently, this is the text of the Oregon Constitution. There shall be neither slavery nor involuntary servitude in the state, otherwise than as punishment for crime, whereof the
0: party shall have been duly convicted. And Measure 112 would remove what language? It would remove the second half of the statement
1: so that it simply reads, there shall be neither slavery nor involuntary servitude in this state. So this language will make it very clear that there is no slavery in the state of Oregon.
0: It also will add a statement that Troy was just referring to. Sandy, talk about that further statement that will be added to the Oregon constitution to clarify that this would not take away anything from adults in custody.
1: So ballot measure 112 was referred to the November ballot by the Oregon state legislature, which means that Oregon legislators voted on this. And this was a bipartisan vote and support. In doing this, they wanted to make sure that they weren't disturbing current programs in prison that allow people to engage in education, counseling, treatment, community service, and other alternatives to incarceration. So Measure 112, if it is passed because voters vote yes on it, will say that Oregon courts and probation and parole agencies can still order convicted persons to engage in these types of programs. So there is very
0: clear language about
1: this in Measure 112.
0: Is there any other concern about voting yes on Measure 112?
1: Oregon Association of Sheriffs have shared concerns about Measure 112. We don't understand the basis for it because first, Measure 112 is very clear that alternative programs to incarceration can continue, the types of programs that law enforcement is concerned about. But second, If we look to the experience of other states that have already taken slavery out of their state constitutions, states like Colorado and Utah and Nebraska, there have not been negative effects of the type that concerns have been raised about.
0: And what are some of the concerns of the Oregon Shares Association?
1: They have said that they have alternative programs like work training programs as part of their processes and that they're afraid that if this language is removed, they won't be able to continue those types of programs. But again, we do not believe that such concerns have legitimate basis because there's very specific language put into Measure 112 by bipartisan legislators that says these types of programs can continue and should continue.
0: And isn't there something on the books in Oregon that says all adults in custody should work, be provided an opportunity to work while incarcerated?
1: Yes, that is also a legal mandate in Oregon,
0: which again goes against the concerns of
1: certain law enforcement agencies that the criminal legal system won't be able to continue
0: these alternatives to incarceration. And Troy or Sandy, which legislators have you been working with or have taken the lead or sponsored
2: this initiative? Uh, Senator Merkley has been at the forefront working directly with uh, OASIS, with the students of OASIS from Willamette. And the list of the other supporters is, I mean, the list is large. Uh, As you check out the website, you'll see all the uh, representatives that have uh, sponsored this bill. Uh, Or is this a partisan issue? Absolutely not.
0: So both sides of the aisle are in favor of removing this language from the Oregon Constitution?
2: That is correct.
0: I'd like to note that although concerns have been expressed, there is no
1: opposition, organized opposition, to Measure 112. I can share with you some of the state-level senators and representatives. As Troy has mentioned, the list is long, but state senators, everyone from Senator James Manning, to Senator Lou Fredericks, Senator Sarah Gelser, and Senator, former Senator Chuck Riley, and there's more, State Representative Janelle Bynum, Maxine
0: Dexter, Paul Holby, Lisa Reynolds, Jeff Reardon, and many, many more. Sandy, do you want to give some information right now about how people can get involved with the campaign, how can they can find out more information about Measure 112? Oregonians will be voting in November on this measure. Can you give that information right now?
1: Yes. Listeners can go to the campaign website, which is Oregon's com. Karen, one thing I wanted to repeat is what Troy shared with us. This campaign came out of the values, work, and commitment of incarcerated individuals in Oregon. A group of incarcerated individuals work with students at Willamette University to get this measure language together and then to get it passed by the Oregon legislature and on the ballot. So this is a very grassroots, community-centered, impacted people-centered campaign. This also means that this does not have big money or tons of resources. It's really about heart. And values. And so we really encourage folks to go to the website, which again is Oregon's United to End com, And we encourage folks to donate what they can, small dollar donations to help support the campaign so that we can really educate Oregonians about why it will be inconsistent with our values to have this language continue in the Oregon Constitution. Because this is ultimately about education. Once we educate community members in Oregon, No one agrees that this language should continue to be in our
0: Constitution. And I'm sure a lot of Oregonians have no idea it exists in the Oregon Constitution.
2: That is correct. That's why we're out here campaigning and getting the word out to Oregonians so that they know this information. And so
0: why did adults in custody, those incarcerated in the Oregon prison system feel a need to have this language about slavery removed from the Oregon constitution at this time?
2: Well, to speak briefly on it, uh, because I wasn't there at the very beginning, but uh, briefly it was started out as a a think tank group. And then it it grew from that think tank into uh, becoming a reality. And I was like, yeah, this is something that we can actually uh, do from behind these walls. Yeah, so I was formerly incarcerated at the Oregon State Penitentiary and they were having uh groups go up to the chapel and at one of those groups was uh Yahuru Sasa, which is the African American club in the penitentiary. And some of the guys from the club had participated in a a think tank group. And that's how OASIS became what it was, and that's how uh, Measure 112 became uh, what it is today. So they were brainstorming some ideas about some ways to make change from within the system to be able to make a change that would impact those that are coming and those that are there. And that's how that slavery and involuntary servitude came about to take that out of our Oregon Constitution. So the guys that are responsible for that are uh, the guys of Uhuru Sasa.
0: And Uhuru Sasa is a club at the Oregon State Penitentiary that does wonderful work both inside the prison walls as well as outside in the community. And you were...
2: I was uh, vice president for a couple years for, uh, during that time. I was also the secretary. So I I've held a number of positions in there and I've, uh, I also created a legal workshop uh, before I uh, was released and uh, teaching guys about how the legal system worked, uh, about from direct appeal all the way to federal habeas. And when were you
0: released, Troy?
2: I was released uh, September 16, 2021.
0: And here you are working on Measure 112 out in the community.
2: Yes, I am. Yes, definitely. I want to give a shout out to uh, Kate Brown for uh, granting me uh, my commutation.
0: Congratulations. Yeah. And welcome home. Where could people find this language exactly in the Oregon Constitution?
2: Article 1, Section 34, you can find the language, slavery and involuntary servitude in the Oregon Constitution.
0: And can you talk more about the connections between historical slavery and incarceration?
1: Karen, unfortunately, as many of us know, the impact of the slavery of Black people in the United States continues. So for example, currently in Oregon's prisons, about 9% of the incarcerated people population are Black folks, but in Oregon, the Black population is less than 2%, which means that there are many, many more Black people in Oregon prisons than represented in our state population. Mm -hmm. So we see the continuation of slavery. Even though the Civil War happened, we still see Black people overrepresented in our criminal legal system. And that's just not right.
0: And while you say that removing this language from the Constitution will help be more in align with Oregon values, how will removing this language help with healing and reconciliation?
1: Well, Karen, I would say that there are two parts to my response to your question. First, the ACLU of Oregon works with many incarcerated individuals. First, many of them will contact us when they feel that their civil liberties or civil rights have been violated so that they can get assistance or resources about how to address those situations. We've also engaged in legal representation of incarcerated individuals, as well as staff members of the Oregon prison system. And this is what we've heard from incarcerated individuals and staff members, that the fact that slavery language is still part of the Oregon constitution against incarcerated individuals is actually used against them. And so we've heard incarcerated individuals say that some staff members in the correctional system will actually say, I can treat you in this bad way because you are considered a slave under the law. Hmm. And so we believe that taking this language out will have an immediate impact because it will be clear what Oregonians values are, that no one, including people in our prison system, should be treated as a slave. Second, we hope that this change to the Oregon Constitution is only the first step. The next step that we hope to engage in with all Oregonians is to have a conversation with legislators and with the public about how incarcerated Oregonians should be treated. Should they be treated with dignity and respect as human beings or should they be treated inhumanely? And we believe firmly that all individuals, including incarcerated individuals, should be treated like human beings with respect and dignity. And that means after those conversations, figuring out ways that we can translate those values, those Oregonian values, into policies and practices so that incarcerated individuals are treated as part of our communities.
2: Yeah, and just to piggyback on that, let's be clear on what we're uh, speaking about. I understand, and we all know that, how Black people have been affected by slavery. But this language here is not just for Black, it's for everybody that's incarcerated in the Oregon system. So the color doesn't matter about this vote. This vote is for the people, and it's for to change this language of our values as orgonians to say that, hey, it doesn't, we're not looking at color. We're looking at how we're treating people. And that's very important for us to to speak about is we don't want it to be just a, a message, get out there that it's just about a one particular in, individual group of individuals. It's about a, a group of of everyone. Everyone's included and not excluded. Our word choice needs to be correct when we're talking about this so that people don't just think that it's it's just based upon one group of individuals and they might be reluctant to vote on it because of that.
0: And with that, Sandy, why don't you again read Article 1, Section 34 of the Oregon Constitution as it currently stands?
1: Article 1, Section 34 of the Oregon Constitution currently reads, There shall be neither slavery nor involuntary servitude in the state, otherwise than as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted.
0: So this is not talking about any race or ethnic group. It is talking about people that are being punished for a crime. And again, Sandy, a yes vote on measure 112, in November would remove that language, then the Oregon Constitution would then read what? A yes vote
1: on Measure 112 would change Section 34 of Article 1 of the Oregon Constitution so that it reads, there shall be neither slavery nor involuntary servitude in this state. Period. Period.
0: Okay. And does the measure have any endorsements? Who is endorsing this measure around the state?
1: I wanted to note that on the website, it's many different types of organizations from religious organizations to racial justice organizations to our leading elected officials, such as Senator Jeff Merkley, to businesses like Nike. But there are many, many organizations listed on the website.
2: Yes, and it's, or going in as slavery.com. All right, and
1: Karen, I wanted to know too that there are several district attorneys who have endorsed Measure 112, including Columbia County District Attorney Jeff Augsier, uh, Multnomah County District Attorney Mike Schmidt, and Deschutes County District Attorney John Hummel. The other thing I wanted to point out, the Oregon Sheriff's Association has raised concerns but even in their statement with their concerns, they have said that slavery is wrong, full stop. And so if slavery is wrong, that means that our core values document, the Oregon constitution needs to reflect that. And we need to get the slavery language out of the constitution.
0: And I'd like to go back to these post-Civil War black codes that you talked about earlier and how they really uh, re-enslaved Free black people at that time. And again, we spoke about this measure about affecting all people who are convicted of a crime and incarcerated, but this is a direct linked to these Black codes that were imposed after the Civil War. So can you talk about how they have continued to manifest themselves uh, throughout these years, all the way through to 2022?
1: Oregon was not immune from our nation's legacy of slavery. So even though we weren't directly involved and there wasn't slavery per se in Oregon, we had a lot of the same racist structures here. So for a long time, Oregon did not allow black people in our state. That was part of our laws. And there are times as well when hate groups like the Ku Klux Klan were strong here. And we actually was one of the last states to allow non-unanimous juries to convict someone and send them to prison meaning that even though everyone on a jury did not agree whether someone was guilty of a crime, they could still go to prison. After two jurors could disagree, but they could still go. And we know, having studied the history of that law, that that came out of a time when the Ku Klux Klan and xenophobia and anti-Semitism were strong in Oregon. And so those are things that we've continued to see in Oregon history, even up until now. We've seen redlining, we've seen mass incarceration. As I had mentioned before, 9% of Oregon's incarcerated people population are black folks, whereas black folks are less than 2% of the state population. Across the United States, there are 2 million people in the prison system. We have six times more people in prison than countries like China and Russia. And a disproportionate amount of the folks in our prison system are Black people. So yes, you can see racism and slavery continuing in other forms until this very day. Karen, can I add one more thought? We had millions of people go onto our streets and protest for racial justice during 2020. There have been many other periods when people have protested and been allies for racial justice, but we saw a groundswell in 2020. We know that there are a lot of very difficult things that we need to do with our systems, whether systems of incarceration or voting rights, to make sure that there's more racial justice. This is something easy that Oregon voters can do. Simply by voting yes on measure 112, they can make sure to say, Slavery is not allowed for anyone in Oregon, period, full stop.
0: And thank you for listening.